Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering Season 5, Episode 2, Mortyplicity. Here's Aaron with the recap. The Smith family is suddenly assassinated by a team of well-armed cyber squids. Instantly, the real Rick Sanchez is informed of the murder of his decoy family, the existence of which provoking a lot of alarm and concern to the real Smith family, which is all well and good until... They too are assassinated by the squids and the really real Rick Sanchez is informed of the murder of his decoy family. I'm sure you can see where this is going, but you probably can't guess how far it actually goes. All right, Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? I thought this was a great episode. This is a feels feels almost like a throwback to a season one or two episode where they just take a concept and take it to its logical insanity breaking point. I, I guess they did this last episode or last season two with the time traveling snakes mm-hmm. where it just was snakeception. Once once they started fucking with the timeline, it was just as many. It's just a million man snake time fuck fest, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a million decoy family all over the United States kind of uh, uh, purge session. And I just thought it was really funny, especially since they're able to, you know, put a couple of continuity teases, I guess. It feels like they're maybe openly trolling the audience or maybe they're just teasing us for things to come. But like, (laughs) uh, and, and it's another thing is like, I've, I've been asking how will they keep Rick, on this treadmill of personal development. And I think this is one way because Rick kind of makes personal progress throughout this episode and how he feels about his family and what he's actually looking for and what a really happy family looks like. And of course at the end, everything's reset because it doesn't even matter. Uh, So this show has an infinite number of ways they can do that. Um, And uh, I I thought it was really entertaining. what do you think of this? Uh, clone crazy episode yeah i'm i'm the same i really enjoyed this episode uh i like these kind of episodes that spin out a sci-fi concept as far like all the way to its breaking point um and then you know make it of no consequence to the show at large that's kind of fun uh like you i detected several meta jabs at the audience several uh just like meta things about writing which i always love to um mm-hmm. you know there's there's stuff in there that we'll talk about uh, but, but I found it really, really funny as well. Um, there's so many, th- so many like one-liners in there. Um, it, and I don't know that that scene. It's so stupid. It's so juvenile. But God, why am I watching the show if not for a little bit of juvenile humor? Right. Uh, the the thing mm-hmm. where he makes Morty, Rick makes Morty look into his ass to prove he's not a clone. <laughs> and then yeah, of course you you see where it's coming a mile away, but it's still that punchline lands. Um, and yeah. then right after it, it's like, you thought the the mere thought of being a decoy would break me? What am I, your mom? It's still just <laughs> like hilarious, which I don't know. They, they use that like that stupid humor so intelligently sometimes, too. That, that's what I like yeah. about it. It's never just like a one off haha fart joke. It's always paired with like a one two punch of Rick making a, a larger point. And th- that's pretty cool. Uh, and I, I just really like this episode. Yeah, I agree. I think that this was a comically dense episode. Like there mm-hmm. are so many one-liners and sight gags and just them fucking with the audience that it uh, it's 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 one of those things where it's like it'd be a chore to recap every single one. Like, you right. know, like what are the hundreds of things that are funny in this episode? Um, but shit, I guess that's what we're going to try to do. Before we get into the uh in-depth episode discussion, let's take a quick break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Uh, I want to come back and talk about the main course, which is essentially the entire episode. There weren't a lot. There wasn't really an A plot or B plot. There's an A, B, C, all the way through X, Y, Z plot of like all the different fake or decoy or clone or perhaps actual family. Um, but what what I want to talk about this because this is a very fun concept, but it's one of those things where the series is a little bit at odds with each other. And I'd see a little bit of a fracturing of the fan base whenever I go in the Rick and Morty communities, because there's people saying this is the greatest episode of ever of, of all time. There's people saying this episode was boring and predictable and repetitive and mm-hmm. a distressing, also distressingly doesn't really give us a glimpse into what's <laughs> going on with Rick and Morty and the family. And why are they just teasing us about space Beth and, and uh, Rick's wife and stuff like that? Is there, uh, a risk of introducing so many ways to tell the audience that none of these characters really matter. None of them are really real. Uh, and none of them are really worth engaging in in a long time that like it actually turns people off um, mid midway through the series life. I'm sure some people. Yeah. Um, d- definitely not me though. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. You, you got to look at yourself and you're getting all riled up about this. And ask, why do they keep teasing us with all this stuff? Well, it's because you're, you're getting on message boards and you're posting about how pissed off you are that they keep teasing you and won't give you the thing you want. If you did less of that, they might be more inclined. A, you might be more inclined to enjoy the sh- fucking show. And B, they might be more inclined to actually do the thing instead of it keep taking shots at you in the episodes. So, I yeah. don't know. I mean, just, just enjoy the show for what it is. Don't get too hung up in what you want the show to be. Especially since it's, I think it's fair to say that there is at least a little bit of troll, probably a lot oh, yeah. of bit of troll, and everyone involved in the creation and and manufacturing of these episodes for sure. So like, yeah, if you're on message boards uh, frantically asking, you know, oh content daddy, give me more answers, <laughs> I think they're probably less likely to oblige you than. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know, if you if you start feigning indifference, then maybe that you might have them by the balls. But <laughs> no, I, not really. But at least you'll have a better time with it. Yeah, you might you might play that uh, reverse psychology kind of kind of hmm. route. But I I don't know. I don't even know if some of this stuff is because there's some stuff that's it's definitely trolling the audience, uh, oh, which yeah. we want to talk about later. But I think some of this stuff is just. Um, yeah, they're aware of the space bet. Like we talked about this last episode, they're aware that space bet is out there, hmm. man. Uh, they haven't forgotten about it. It's just that uh, they are trying to do a couple things in this show. One of it, what itch is saying something profound. I think about, you know, uh, people that are bad people that are trying to recover from it, but also they're just trying to be funny and be yeah. really silly and stupid with science fiction concepts. And they can't just run off and do myth arc episodes. They need to do some just goof of the week stuff. So, um, I, I do also really like this is something that Rick and Morty is starting to get a, a bit of a reputation is for interest uh, debut debuting interesting ideas just as like a stinger to introduce the episode with and then just completely forgetting about it. Like this episode begins with the premise that they're going to go kill mm-hmm. the Judean Christian God who is revealed to be a real thing, but sleeping and they're going to whack him uh, a, a hitman style. And I'm like, Oh boy, this is going to be a fun episode of Rick and Morty. 
But it's it's kind of like the uh, Crush and the Mermaid puss from that one uh, Rick Lantis episode mm-hmm. that just became the that that was just the thing that delivered one of the great all time Council of Rick episodes. The murdering of God uh, and Jerry's interview is just a Sabo round that the rest of the episode is going to be delivered in. Um, yeah, and I love the way <laughs> that they use that to lead into the decoy stuff. But then they use the decoy stuff there. There's a line in there, a meta thing about like, well, we tried to write a decoy episode and it was really fucking hard and we couldn't quite break mm-hmm. it. So we're just using mm-hmm. this as an lead into interdimensional cable and they flip on the TV and watch Windwolf. And then that all goes by the wayside and they do the actual fucking decoy episode, which I just loved. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it's funny because I they kind of got me on both of those things uh-huh. like, oh, OK, it's going to they're going to go kill Yahweh. Well, that's interesting. And then, oh, OK, I'm sitting down for this decoy stuff and several layers of decoy. And then I'm like, oh, this is a funny <laughs> way to start an interdimensional cable episode because this is all kind of interdimensional cable anyway. And yeah. yeah. And uh, when especially oh, I just saw it as a way to uh, what what does he said? It's a I, I, I saw it was a kinetic way to. Uh, introduce the uh, uh, high concept episode of something, something, something. Um, I, I just thought that was, yeah, the, the kinetic mislead into another special episode of Interdimensional Cable. Uh, yeah, it's good. And they start like, yeah, Wind Wolf is a great, great start towards an IDC <laughs> episode. And then they pull the rug out for me under us a final time. It's, uh, yeah, I, what it, do you, it was all it was all good stuff. What do you feel about the interdimensional cable drip feed that we're getting? Because I, I wonder if this is going to be a weekly thing. In the first episode, we had the N69 stuff. Uh, in this episode, we're getting a wind wolf. I feel like they're drip feeding out an interdimensional cable throughout the season. And I will say so far, it does not feel nearly as satisfying. Agreed. I I think we might have mentioned this last episode or maybe even the last season where it's like, how would we feel about Mm -hmm. just that? Like instead of them having to do all the what if they just did, you know, in in passing in the background, you know, there's one or two minutes each episode at the end of a 10 episode run. You've almost got a whole episode of interdimensional cable. Yeah. But I don't know. It just it does feel like there's something something missing. Um because like I, I don't even know that these the, the thing that I love about the interdimensional cable episodes is that they're largely improvised. Like mm-hmm. the, the the A plot, the IDC plot is an, an is just Royland and Harmon getting into a booth drunk and saying sh- stupid shit until the animators have something to work with, right? Yeah. Winwolf was written. Winwolf feels very writerly. The I think Nintendo so. sixty four might have been like just a imp- like just might have been like throwing darts on the idea board until something made everybody laugh but there wasn't mm-hmm. that kind of improv quality and i think that's what's missing and i think the like the, the the idea that you can't really settle in and say okay this is a big interdimensional cable episode where i can sit down and i can watch it for what it is and just enjoy it because this show is a mile a minute right the show it's hilarious they mention westworld in this and they take 20 minutes to do what westworld hasn't been able to do in 30 plus hours um mm-hmm. so to me it's hilarious like i don't know how fast this show moves and if you drip feed out interdimensional cable like that you never get in the mode of watching interdimensional cable you're sort of like in the follow the plot mode right um right and trying to keep up with this show and i i don't know i find it not as satisfying so far we my opinion might change next week who knows maybe they'll do like a extended three minute thing on interdimensional cable and i'll have my fill but uh as it stands now yeah i could use a full episode of interdimensional cable instead of this drip feed i wonder if this is really afraid of burning that concept out like could be if you did an idc every year without like it's it's harder than you think to be like think of a random thing ha 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 you know Mm -hmm. uh it, but then again, like, why the hell is Justin Roiland like went to improv classes all those years and served <laughs> all those years of improv troops if they didn't want to rise to that occasion? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I hope we get I, I hope all, all of this is misdirection, a kinetic mislead into an actual special episode. Yeah. <laughs> Collectively, all these things are going to start working. Um, I did like the the thing that really tickled me is uh rick's first inclination that something is not right in the mm-hmm. episode is jerry getting a job interview 
<laughs> to me, it was, it was before right. that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm watching this and I'm thinking something isn't right here. And I realized it as soon as they told Summer to fuck off. I was like, that that's not right. After last episode, that makes no sense. Right. And I was like, right. boy, did they just fuck up their canon here? And then, you know, two minutes later, it's revealed they're a decoy family and they're dead. So fine. But then some, I do think Rick intentionally put Summer and uh, Morty against each other, like has them constantly vying mm-hmm. for his attentions and affections as a way to kind of keep the, the dominant hand themselves. But like, yeah, I, that was kind of shocking, too. Like we just talked last week about how Summer is the more reliable of the two grandchildren now, which makes a lot the of more sense, I think. Too. Yeah, she's older, more capable. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but but yeah, it was a little it was a little bracing the fact that she was was called out and shut down so hard. Um, I really did. You get all the the dick j- and boob jokes and the passwords that Rick used. Like one of his shutdown, uh, his uh, analysis mode shutdown was eight oh oh eight five, which is boobs <laughs> on a calculator. Oh no! And then his other one was eight equal sign equal sign equal sign D, which is literally just a giant boner <laughs> right. if you type it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, didn't catch that. That's uh, funny. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of stuff like, and I don't know what it means. Like, as the episode goes on, some of the stuff you see in a first, like, you're not really sure what the mean, what what it all means. For example, like, what does it mean when an exact clone of an exact clone of an exact clone of Rick makes an exact replica of the house? Mm-hmm. Does Morty actually have a skeet shirt with the words Yosemite on it? Or is was this an example of a Rick getting lazy, just improvising? Uh, Could be. Yeah. Like I, I don't said, think anything so- is meant to be uh, integrated back into the Rick, the, you know, the C-137 Rick and right. Morty. Yeah. Well, Morty's right. not even C-137 at this point. They also do that thing where Rick's constantly um, making up rules like, you know, the the duplicates can't make the duplicates are harmless and the duplicates can't make more duplicates of themselves. And as soon as you find out the duplicates can make more duplicates of themselves, he still is like, but the duplicates, it doesn't matter because the duplicates are harmless. Uh, I always think that that's funny and the family's reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when he starts layering on more stuff like, oh, because I think at one point he claims that they like can't leave Earth and they can't engage with long-term continuity, which I saw there's a thread on Reddit where people are trying to parse that to see which is the real, like, like as ultimate proof that the final Rick family coming home with Space Beth is the real Rick. But, like, again, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, yeah. Is this the real Rick who's fallen in love with his family and we're going to find out in season seven was a clone that he replaced himself in season three? after he fucked a planet and almost blew his brains out, had to get his mind right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, spent the last seven years fighting the alternative reality Federation war with Birdman. Like none of this, none of this stuff matters, which means all of it does, I guess. So I, I that's, that's hmm. yeah. like, like, like you're not the, it, or it's um, this, this Warhammer canon concept of like, everything is canon, but not everything is like true. Like all these things yeah, are actually yeah. happening, but what they say about the Rick Prime family is maybe nothing, but also like because because even in this episode, there's a Rick that says like the Muppet Rick mm-hmm. uh, says, hey, just know that they're like like a, a part of Rick that created me is inside me who can hear that criticism and say he's sorry. Like that's kind of the show saying that it doesn't not matter, right? Yeah, and I think like everything you're seeing here is a part of Rick. Yeah. Um, because these are perfect. Well, some, some less perfect. There's a lot of, uh, lazy creation here, which we'll get to. Uh, <laughs> right, right. But, but you know, every Rick is going to infuse themselves with the thing that makes them Rick. Right. And, uh, uh-huh. or infuse their decoy with it. So everything that the decoys do is, is sort of, influenced by the way that Rick would feel about a situation, even if, you know, they might be made out of straw in a barrel or something <laughs> instead of human flesh uh, mm-hmm. and robotics. <laughs> so I, I think like everything you see on the screen happen, you can sort of attribute as like a piece of the real Rick, whatever you want to call that. Um, it's just maybe that particular Rick wouldn't express it that way because you know, experiences diverge, right? That's the thing with clones. Like, even if you've got a perfect clone of yourself and a perfect uh, 
memory implantation or whatever, you're still going to diverge because you now have different experiences because you're two different beings. So all of these ricks might express themselves differently, but I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I guess that depends on how long the decoys have been out there. Like, is there any indication in this episode? Have they been out there for years? Have they been out there for Hello. days? I feel like this is where like Fazzini and the Princess Bride, where it's like we're we're like, you know, hey, there's an infinity of Smiths, which means that none of this stuff matters. But on the other hand, they're all like prisms yeah. of the truth that we're seeing. So like maybe they all matter. But on the other hand, the I'm basing that on what a clone said. And like if he's a cl- there's two different instances of right. things that can make a clone go bad, either Rick going lazy or just a copy of the copy. So maybe this is a ge- degenerate version of Rick, which means he wouldn't actually. It's Never like get into fuck, a clone man. war in Asia. That's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in Southwest uh, United States, because not even the president of the United States will give a shit about that. True. Um, did you as, as far as I know, this Asimov cascade thing is not a real concept. Uh, yeah, it's, I it's, don't think so. It's something that Rick and Morty uh, made people Google for um, mm-hmm. in the wee hours of the morning last night. But it's not like that. There is like um, like the Asimov's law of robotics is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're just trying to go with kind of like I like these because these were all broadly speaking, some form of automaton. They weren't clones necessarily. Yeah, so I think true. they're going for that. And in the cascade, I mean, they, they explain that with the, the fucking whiteboard. Mm-hmm. But uh, if anyone was curious about what an Asimov cascade is, it's 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 it's, it's, it's nothing. It's this. It's this episode is what it is. Yeah. They've defined it. Uh, there is in uh, that scene, there is a hilarious meta moment. It, in my opinion, I don't know. I really love it uh, where the writers come in and Jerry suggests they all split up and they they, you know, tackle this from two different ends. And then <laughs> Rick's like, are you kidding me? We're going to engage in B stories that we'll have to track in simultaneously. No, thank you. <laughs> and that's like the writers speaking through Rick. Yeah, yeah. But look, uh, we've already got this of- fucking crazy complicated decoy episode we are not doing b stories yeah it reminds me of the episode where the twins indecision or the the summer and and morty's indecision split time into first two yes. and then four and then uh which is one of my favorite episodes but they kind of had that callback in the rick trying to diabolically uh game plan the other rick's mental state it's like mm. it's classic prisoner's dilemma beth sure i'm i'm a stable guy i can talk things out but this <laughs> raving asshole over there and as the the ricks are finishing each other's sentences talking about the inescapable logic that like you know we're only seconds away from that guy finding out he's a rick and which will or a, a clone which will make him desperate to kill us and yeah i, I just I fucking love how Rick is so amoral and maniacal that like he instantly is like the worst version of every Nash equilibrium you could ever think of in any kind of negotiation or brinksmanship (laughs) thing. He just, yeah, it's really funny. There's kind of, it's kind of a beautiful twisted line when he looks at Morty and he says, do you trust me not to kill you? Because you got the the Rick that you want to trust, who's going to lead you into this firefight. It's like this, I don't know. It's, it's this weird dual meaning thing where like, no, Morty doesn't trust Rick not to kill him. He's killed him many times. Uh, but also he needs to trust this particular Rick that this is the right course of action and not get them all killed. I I don't know. It was good. Yeah. And there's a, the, the thing is, is I don't even know how clever this show is sometimes because like I also love the idea that Rick kind of rhetorically says, I don't trust me. Do you trust you? And Morty with his foolish optimism says, yes, he does trust Morty that when the chips are down, not to mindlessly kill each other. Mm-hmm. But later in the episode, we know that two Mortys go into the kitchen. Only one comes out. So it's like, True. is that a sly way of showing that Morty is optimist? Yes, but also a huge dumbass that can't ever be trusted to make real decisions about anything. <laughs> I suppose so. Because Morty, I mean, that's like, who, which is the biggest asshole? Like Rick, that's like gleefully admits that, yeah, he'd kill the other Rick because it's it's the inevitable thing. You got to do it. Or Morty, who is optimistic but delusional about what he'd actually do in that mm-hmm. situation yeah um you know like rick's an asshole but he's an honest asshole essentially right uh i also love how when he's trying to brainstorm of reasons why these squids would be assassinating him he just comes up with three different ways to brag about his penis <laughs> right. <laughs> well it could be my penis size or maybe i had sex with the queen uh or you know i do have the huge penis the list just goes on and on uh-huh. <laughs> I think 
It's great. Uh, a great kill Taj, like one of the all time great, just like, you know, in, in uh, interdimensional cable type of, you know, Rick fishing through his brains for a decoy chip mm-hmm. camo, Rick hiding out with wall paint camo while two Ricks are. Di- I, 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 I kind of love that shit. And how every time, yeah. every time they smash cut back to a new Rick family, I was actually looking for like, like, oh yeah, this is the, now the real, the, the real Rick Sanchez and the real Smith family. Right. Yeah. I was doing that too. Um, and like I, I felt like the the last time they got me is when they went to go live off the grid like libertarians and <laughs> got kidnapped by the because I'm like okay, yeah. um, but then when they kicked off the Rickest Rick plot with the uh, Star Fox <laughs> boss hologram yeah. shit, the season four callback, um, I think I felt like that because yeah, that's the Rickest Rick move to call everybody else out, and mm-hmm. it just kept it's fucking just kept on. I don't even know how many times they do that where. Uh, but they, they stopped getting me after that one. I think it was the last time they actually got me, but I don't know why I'm bragging. Cause it was like 17 minutes into the episode. <laughs> right. Right. I, I mean, that's I, look as much as I want to tell everybody just cool, just cool out, baby. Just be cool. Uh, and enjoy the show. Look, I'm looking for that stuff too. Right. I'm, I'm in there going, mm-hmm. okay, let me, let me settle in here and find the Rick that I know. And the Morty that I know and the summer that I, all those, those characters that I want to succeed. Uh, above all other Ricks and Mortys, but I, it's it, I don't know. The show repeatedly smacks you in the face when you try and do that. So yeah, what that 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 Rick like it's it's so much so much great Westworld callbacks. Um, and as yeah. as we we're kind of going through a renaissance of science fiction, like I think that this is going to keep this this show's gas tank full for a while to come because like they're uh, up until now they've been essentially going through the eighties and nineties sci-fi tropes. Well, now we're getting into mm-hmm. what like that, that all those different um, Rick droids pinned against the wall and dissected is something straight out of like Westworld and how it just keeps panning over until it gets like essentially crayon drawing robots right, uh, right. of things that can't possibly work. And he's like, my God, what do these guys look like in the field? Um, I thought that thing that that stuff was really funny leading to the uh, the rule 34 of an Asimov cascade, which is the rule 34 of the Internet. If you're fortunate enough not to know it is essentially if you can imagine a thing, there is porn of that thing on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And this is the corollary to the I guess the Asimov cascade, which is if you're dueling with a bunch of clones, any place you can think of as a hiding place, they can think of as a searching place. So it's just a matter of time before they get you. Um, yeah, <laughs> the shot of Jerry. Uh, I thought this was really funny about uh, I want to experience ev- a baseball game at every major league <laughs> baseball park because I've got a good friend that actually has that as a bucket list item. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, that, that's fine when you're not being actively hunted, I suppose. But. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's kind of like this is I, I think it's a little poking fun of like uh, of this is um like a quintessential. Uh huh. White suburban guy, kind of like yeah, it's like skydiving thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, riding a mechanical bull kind of thing, sure. and like the Jerry would have it. I think it's funny, and I've you know I felt the lash of this show's humor a time or two. They've they've said mm-hmm. some unkind things about podcasting as a profession and a career. Uh, so yeah, don't feel bad if that's on your bucket list, but it's it's really funny that to me specifically that that got called out. I, I want to go back real quick because my absolute favorite part of the episode and. One of my all-time favorite Rick and Morty things, I think, uh, is this skin suit Rick that's happening here. The one who's like, I guess, made out of potato sacks and like, <laughs> I, I don't know. He's rotting. It's it's real bad. It's all bad, but it's yeah. beautiful in its uh, demented, twisted nature. I don't know. These are the kind mm-hmm. of things I, I live for with Rick and Morty. When they go real fucked up, and this is about as fucked up as it gets, it, with I, I, a potato sack version of Rick wearing the human skin and peeling it off of these other Ricks. I don't know what he's doing to the straw and barrel Rick because that Rick doesn't have any skin, never did. I don't know what he's no. getting out of that, but it's something perverse. Yeah, he's just studying him. And I, I also yeah. like how once they rescue skinless Rick, yes, like he, they 
Like he, he keeps on like first of all he's got the skin like up around his waist and then he's like got it like he's it's on but he's just kind of wearing it like a robe and he's like he's freezing yeah. and he's holding it shut. I just, I thought that was really funny too. It's so fucked up. I love it. And then the the Rick the Rickest Rick that call of the clones anyway that calls out all the others. I like how he's got ropes of cyber intestines from the other decoys mm-hmm. like looped around his neck and yeah and like this this whole family so fucking primal like the summer. Uh, the weak summer tries to get the the strong summer to engage in Molly, but she just gets fucking uh, saving private Ryan stabbed mm-hmm. like slow motion stab in the heart. Yeah, uh, I like I liked all that stuff. Um, and then like the real I guess the Rickus Rick realizing how much he loves his family when they're part of his adventures, but then they get assassinated at the last minute. Uh, it's a great way to end the episode. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the stinger? Maybe that's something we can yeah. talk about because I, a lot of people said that this is the all, one of the all-time greatest stingers. I thought it was okay. I didn't know mm. that it was that great, but sure, an immortal wooden Jerry being essentially persecuted through time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as as I guess the planet changes hands. Uh, yeah, with a bunch of different alien species that they either re-evolve or land here. I'd <laughs> probably re-evolve given the primitive nature of them. Yeah, like uh, the things inevitable in Earth culture seem to be Christianity and cowboys. Those Uh are the two things that uh, no matter how many times you 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 shuffle the card deck, you're always going to get those things top deck. The thing the thing that I thought elevated it from just a ho hum um, an outro to a great one is the callback to Highlander. Hmm. Because that the (laughs) the stinger is scored to the. the, the ballad that that the queen wrote for Highlander who wants to live forever. Wow. I <laughs> didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. The Fre- Fred, <laughs> Freddie Mercury crooning who really wants to live forever as, as Jerry is, is eternally tortured again and again. I thought it was pretty, pretty fucking good. Uh, I want to move on to a discussion. We've touched on a lot of these topics, but just kind of could uh, to get them together in one place instances where the writer's room is for sure trolling us. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that all references to space, Beth, including a final actual appearance. That's just essentially a cameo is an instance of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that like one of the clones refers like they, they we, we come into a conversation in, in the middle of it. And uh, Rick's like, okay, okay. If you really want me to talk about Beth's mother, <laughs> right before they're incinerated by the the you know the the decoy squids, yeah. um, I like that because it, to me it's reassuring because they're essentially saying, hey, we know you want to know about this, and we're probably giving it a lot of serious thought. Um, but also, it's kind of fun to to dick with you guys about it and to like introduce like one of these days they're going to introduce the most amazing episode of all time. That like solves all questions about Morty, blah, blah, blah. And then at the very end, like maybe even the stinger is going to recontextualize it as Rick running an infinite Rick simulator to find like he's trying to find like his personal best, I don't know, life to lead or something. And he discards mm-hmm. that episode as ah preposterous or whatever. Like they're going right. to do something along those lines before they're done with the seven season contract. I think they should do it as an entire season. They should give an entire season of continuity based uh, <laughs> Rick and Morty timeline stuff that then they pull the rug out from under in the final episode. Pull a Dallas where it's all just at the end. It's all it's yes, all just it an interdimensional in a, cable show. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I thought a whole episode would get. But I, I <laughs> well, think they got I mean, so shit, many episodes why? to do, man. Yeah, season nine. Why the fuck mm-hmm. not? And then then knock everyone's socks off and see. Because, I mean, that'd be the way to do it is like if uh, they did something like that in season nine, like everyone agrees that it's an amazing season and it's the best way the show could go out. And then they just torch it and burn it down. And then it's that much harder to do season 10. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What set, a set the what a fucking a risk. What if you burn it down and you only come up with something 90 percent as good as the first one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the risk or, or how about this okay they because everybody's going to be looking for it right if you do an entire season of continuity based stuff it's going to be so out of the norm for Rick and Morty that they're going to be like what is good something's not right here yeah. I'm not believing this I'm not buying it but then they just carry it all the way through to the end of the show and the rest of the like they do the final two seasons as pure continuity and all of it matters 
and they pull the rug out from you that way. I think that's the best way to do it if you're going to do it. But the 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 challenge is you have to on the real timeline mm-hmm. knock everyone's socks off. Like you, you, yeah. you can't. Yeah. Like if, if you're going to do that, you have to deliver. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, shit. Game of Thrones, you know, shit to bed uh, right at the end zone and they're giving them a prequel and everyone's probably going to come back and try right. to check it out and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, I, I don't know. And that's the thing is like 10 seasons in, even if Harmon and Royland literally shit to bed, like literally just filmed 10 hours of them shitting the bed, rolling in their own shit, which is something Justin Royland might <laughs> fucking do. He would love uh, to, I'm sure. Yeah. There would be people being like, oh, God, this is the this is genius. This is the best. This is, you know, like. And it might be. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to talk. I'm starting to talk myself into that. That's the but, thing, uh, though. I, I'm looking at this show and I'm thinking, OK, we're immersed here in the the thing that Rick and Morty is doing, the discussion around it with the audience and their expectations and the way that the show is playing with that. Ten years down the line, 15, 20 years down the line, who comes back to this show and has any understanding of any of that stuff? Like all of these jokes, these meta jokes that they're doing about the audience's impatience and, you know, the what's canon and what isn't. I feel like all that's going to be lost. It's going to be kind of dead weight in the show where people are just not going to understand it in the future. Maybe, but I feel like, I don't know, if, if you go in like blind and you don't know anything about Rick and Morty and you're watching like episode like season five, like to the extent that you're caught up in things like Evil Morty and Space Beth. You probably will be that. And like when you see that mm-hmm. called back, you're like, oh, they're going to answer it. And then it just keeps hilarious. I mean, maybe it would still work. Some um, of it, I think, I will, guess I'd be but some of it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure definitely won't. But also, it's like you get a little bit of an advantage on a show this referentially heavy because people kind of like have one eye on the Wikipedia because they're, you know, like I, you might have seen a lot of 80s and 90s science fiction, but there's no fucking way you've seen every single thing that they reference. No. So, like, there's got to be some video game that you're looking up or some obscure novel or science fiction concept. So it's like maybe like if you're doing that and they they encourage that in the audience that so like people are going to be hunting for references and they like the audience expectation references one other thing that they can look up and and uh, put in the context i don't know is that being recorded anywhere i guess like in the histories of reddit and shit i mean they everyone every fucking show that's got more than three people watching it has a wikipedia and rick and and the rick and morty one is no in fact it's oh yeah i'm talking about like the meta though of like what was the audience's attitude Mm. at this given point i don't I don't know that that's going to be easily found. You're right. That's not like cataloged in like an episode five or season five, episode two. The audience was was rabid for more information about Space Beth and uh, right. Royland and, and Harmon. What they did here. Yeah, you're right. You might <laughs> You'd be almost right. have to go look through the history of Reddit and just follow that at the same time you watch the show that's too much work no one's gonna do that yeah 30 years from now they'll they'll, they'll be like uh you know you got to watch this five-hour oral history of rick and morty fandom that talks about the sejuan right. wars goes into the wienermobile incident of mm-hmm. 2023 and and only then can you can you watch the series and, and really understand what was going on yeah it'll be the ultimate companion all right coming to baldmove.com in 2028 <laughs> I will def- definitely cash in on that. <laughs> what is up with Mr. Always Wants to be Hunted? Uh, I'm is... not allowed to question it, apparently. Rick will shout at me if I do. <laughs> but then yeah, he'll also I... have a like another version of him will also be infuriatingly curious about it. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, my God. You just nailed it because he does both of those things. Like, I felt like a Jerry for wanting to know more about Mr. Always Wants to be Hunted. uh, But then Rick himself wanted to know about it Um, is I I feel like he's kind of the same species as Mr. Poopy Butthole. Uh Uh-huh. Looks like it's a Mr. Species. Kind of looks a lot like Noob Noob, but Mm -hmm. Noob Noob's not Mr. Noob Noob. So I'm get I'm I'm going that there is a species a, a Mr. species here that has something common with the uh, Mr. Butthole, Mr. Poopy Butthole, but not Mr. Mesix. I don't think Mr. Mesix yeah. is part of the same species. So I don't think so. Hmm. We need uh, some kind of way to tell them apart. But yeah, I I wondered if if they're I I thought that they were doing something interesting with Mr. Poopy Butthole, but apparently not. 
What happens if you hunt him to completion? <laughs> what is <laughs> hunting to complete? Yeah, what does that even mean? You're killing like, him, I assume, but I guess. But I've always heard to completion yeah. like that's uh, like uh, always to like uh, involves a sex act for sure. So like, yeah, I guess if you hunt him to completion, then you actually murder him. But why? Why not? This seems like that's what he wanted to do. It would have saved at least one more decoy, Rick. But is he like a boss where he's got three stages? Like you hunt him to completion, and then he comes back, and he's oh, got yeah. like a second stage he, where he's he twice goes, as big. He, he and, changes color, and he he moves twice as fast, and has a slightly uh-huh. different attack pattern. And then yeah, the third phase is the real bitch. That's where he comes back to size of the, the Empire State Building, and <laughs> right music's playing <laughs> at three quarter speed. Um. I want to talk about some callbacks to other episodes that I was able to either determine myself or steal off of Reddit. Um, uh, First off, you know, in in real life, we had a presidential election. I'm not sure if you guys heard of this. We got a a new president. And I was wondering this season whether they would acknowledge that or do something like, you know, have a different president. Um, But no, we still got Keith Keith David coming back for his his second presidential term. Uh, I, I, I like that. Uh, I like that they're keeping the rivalry going with these two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> I, I really like Keith David. Um, and I, I like the idea. <laughs> I, I like him being like, not giving a shit about the Southwest because, uh, nobody voted for him over there. And then this, the secret service agent trying to lecture him on the purpose of the electoral college is like, what is it to preserve slavery? Yes. Yeah, right. I read Wikipedia too. I thought that was really pretty funny. Yeah, it is. And I guess then, there's still some like, uh, Rick imposed truce here between them. Like to think you so, stay out of our business. We'll stay out of yours kind of thing. Yeah. He's trying to stay n- neutral. Um, I hope yeah. we do get another I, I feel like uh, Keith David showing up in the season is a pretty good indicator that we'll get another episode because why bring him in just for, you know, 30 seconds of, of dialogue? Yeah, um, I do. Hope I, so. I, I like to think that they brought a whole. Yeah, they brought him back for a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I love just an episode later. We get a Rick trying to bite the suicide tooth. And the Rick right. one, I guess one rung on the clone totem pole a bit higher than him bites an anti tooth mm-hmm. that completely neutralizes it. Uh, fucking brilliant. <laughs> that 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 was one of the bigger laughs for me on the episode. Is, is there a Gungans Star Wars Battle of Naboo type thing happening here with this force shield? Because like Summer has a dual lightsaber, like a Darth Maul type mm-hmm. thing uh, sure. at the end of this. I, I think there's a little bit of that going on. You know, them all being clones. Uh, well, not not on the Gungan battle, but, you know, it's a Star Wars milieu here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. They, they should have had the shield bearing brontosauruses that right. have been a lock. Uh, and the other callback is the last season. Um, the one episode where uh, Rick and Morty crash land on the alien world where there was face huggers were taking them over. Mm hmm. And Rick and them, they tried to finesse their way out and it didn't work. And Rick had to uh, do an unnecessarily badass uh, armoring scene where they all turned into mini Voltrons and had swords. Morty complained about his sword. He wanted a laser whip. Mm-hmm. And Rick said, all right, next time. But you're going to just you're just going to you're just going to cut your dick off with it. Well, Morty got his laser whip. Uh, no word nice. on whether he cut his dick off. And if he did, it's just a clone. So it doesn't really matter. True. But I thought that was. Uh, a nice little callback. Mm-hmm. All right. The one, the one place where this might matter. I don't know if this is happening in a bunch of different dimensions and the Ricks are coming to, to kill other Ricks and families in other dimensions, or if this is all on mm-hmm. like the planet earth in a single dimension, but will there be fallout from this that, that the real are, you know, Rick and Morty and family need to deal with. I don't know because we already had a way to have infinite Ricks um, Mm -hmm. with a different dimensional. Now we've got a way to have a near infinite Ricks inside a single, you know, slice of the finite space time arc curve. I don't know. Um, That's a good question because yeah, they're they're coming back realizing that something is amiss. I I bet that there is going to be a funny reference later on um, where like, a Rick at a Citadel of Rick will refer to like the decoy incident. 
Yeah. Like, I think we all learned our lesson from the decoy incident that we can't be too paranoid or, or something along those lines. Right. Yeah, that's another thing that um, and, and if you're tracking like Rick's personal growth, uh, you know, it's something that we talked a lot about in the early seasons of this is like, you know, does Rick love his family, et cetera? What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought Beth made a pretty good point about, you know, you claim that the family is a burden to you and yet you created an ocean of us out of a crazy fear of losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the one that the Muppet Beth said that, that actually landed home. But I, I thought that was a pretty interesting argument that for someone who claims to this is all just a bunch of bullshit, he'd be rather off uh, well shot off shot of um, he makes he makes an infinity of them just to keep him safe. Yeah. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Okay, let's uh, pivot to feedback. We had a person take us up on the the offer last week. Uh, the proposition is this. You send an email, Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. Maybe we read it. Uh, Chad from Dubai sent, it, sent in the following. I've been listening since 2017 to Bald Move. Well, thank you. Thank you for that uh, four years of uh, solidarity and loyalty. So one thing that really struck me about this episode was how it explored the butterfly slash ripple effect. Ah, chaos theory. How one action might be minute and inconsequential to you, but it could have an insane ramification for someone else's life. One of the things that I've been thinking about over and over through this pandemic is how whatever the inciting incident was, lab leak, someone ate an armadillo or bat, uh, it fucked up the entire world and for a lot of families for generations to come. And I think that's fascinating and insane how one thing, one single decision and one far off corner of the world can quickly envelop all eight billion of us. I can't quite wrap my head around that. Anyway, just love seeing it outlined this episode. Thanks and keep the cast coming. Yeah, it's for uh, the season five, episode one, right? With yeah, the time dilation yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and like the runaway, how we, we talked about how you don't necessarily want to create a mortal enemy when you're creating a mortal enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and this is just the stuff that we choose. Like, we don't know. 
what happened billions of years ago that's going to send a comet to smack Earth in 50 years and wipe us all out, you know? <laughs> like, it, it's it's one thing to think about yeah. the individual choices we make, but think about, like, all the things that happen due to no choice, just random-ass fucking, you know, chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's one of the cool things I think that Rick and Morty explores is the fundamental, like, it, it goes where a lot of other shows, I think, are too afraid, you know, to, like, really deal with uh, a cold, unfeeling universe. Um, For sure. I guess it's easier to do that when you're a comedy, when you're a zany comedy. Yeah. Then... And also when you, yeah, I don't, there's something about animation that seems a little simpler. And when you have all these crazy like aliens and, and you can do basically anything, right. You can make this sort of a fantasy thing instead of like trying to make it pure sci-fi. Hmm. It's interesting to see everything kind of like feeding into each other because like, you know, Rick, you mentioned you can get away with this animation. You're right. Like you literally can get away with things in animation that you would never like I saw some stuff. I know you haven't seen it yet, but when when we watch Invincible, mm, some of the yeah. shit that goes on in that, I you just couldn't film in reality. Like <laughs> they would just shut you down because of how <laughs> fucking crazy it is. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I think Rick and Morty, you see like how much people just get torn in half and organs get thrown out and like just mm-hmm. just bizarre, cruel, terrible, Lovecraftian things happen and no one bats an eye because at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of you know, pencil and ink, right? Or even just um, the the idea of, of how much you can feasibly do, right? Um, like Rick and Morty yeah. throws up, it'll create an entire set. Like I'm thinking of that Italy vacation set um, where it'll it'll create a whole set, multiple locations, indoors, outdoors, and it'll blow it up yeah, in five not? seconds because mm-hmm. it took uh, an animator, you know, less than a day to draw. So I, I don't know. I Yeah, the stuff you can do in animation just kind of kicks the doors open imagination wise especially since they're getting so good with procedural stuff like you know the south park guys have their shit down to where they can literally write an episode and animate it less than like 48 hours later Mm -hmm. um i wonder as because i've seen a couple behind the scenes of rick and morty and i know they do a lot you know obviously their stuff is more intricate than the south park pseudo you know paper mache shit for sure. But I wondered when, when I saw all of the, the jet, like, is it possible that they can insert like a minute of television time into an episode? Because I thought it was pretty actually crazy. Now that we're in the feedback section, we can just talk amongst ourselves. I thought it was crazy how they included the references to space Rick and to Rick's uh, wife, like after a week of so many people kind of bitching and moaning about not getting anything and like, oh, it's fun. Like, it would be really funny if they had the ability to just, hey, jump in the booth and say uh, two sentences of dialogue and we've got this procedural thing that automatically. Do- I-, I wonder if they have that capacity because it felt like a really fast turnaround. But on the other hand, they probably could anticipate the curiosity, right? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, had, I would think had, so. They've had five years the, of dealing with us nut jobs. So. What is the state of, of animation currently? Um, I know South Park was pushing that stuff forward, but I think Rick and Morty has adopted computer animation at this point. Like they're not they're not doing the hand drawn shit they were doing way back in the early seasons. But Um, they are like it's it's like hand animated, but I guess they use like software to interpret so they don't have to like literally animate. They don't have to do like backgrounds and things like that. But there's also like, you know, instead of having to animate every frame, maybe you animate every five frames and the computer interpolates and then you kind of tweak. It's it's yeah. essentially a lot of uh, AI assisted animation. Um, the stuff that you'd normally hand to like this in the old days, you had the master animators like draw the keyframes and they'd pass it off to the animating slaves that would just work in droves. To fill. Now you just essentially like- do that to a piece of software. Isn't isn't this the natural in game for Rick and Morty? Isn't season ten just going to be totally created by an AI? Is that where we're going? I I hope that's where we're going. It would be it would be funny if they had some kind of natural learning algorithm. You feed all of this. That, <laughs> right. I don't know about a whole season, but I would definitely love to see if you fed in every Rick and Morty script into one of those things and just had it. Oh god, uh, yeah, like an interdimensional cable episode, except just created by an AI. Uh, d- yeah, just feed it in and let it spit out whatever yeah instead of being uh, created by alcohol it's created by it's just a purely <laughs> ai construct i think that would be really funny i think that would be really cool as an experiment i would love to see it uh you know what else i would love to see is we, we talked about chaos theory but we're kind of talking about it on an individual level 
and sort of like mm-hmm. a, a random chance level. I would like to see collective uh, sort of like species level chaos theory, right? Like what are we doing as human beings that is changing the universe or changing our futures in unforeseeable ways? Like I, there's not a lot of fiction that explores that type of stuff and t- until you get to like some of the really epic novel stuff, you know, and, and even then it's not couched in like chaos theory. It's couched more in like, Oh, let's just follow it over the course of generations. It doesn't really like try and say, Hey, because you did this back then it's yeah. spun out into all the stuff we couldn't foresee. Yeah. You, you have like, I mean, there's like, uh, the sound of thunder, I think is about the guy who goes back to hunt a dinosaur, steps on a butterfly accidentally and comes well, back. Even that's and, like, individual. Like, what I'm saying exactly. is like, what am I doing today? That's an individual choice, but it's being made by so many people that it's changing the future of humanity in ways that are unforeseen. Cause like Eating all that's meat. happening every no. single day. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, you're exactly. Right, you're like, right. Oh, because like, I, because you know, I made the choice to drink a Coke this morning along with 52 million other people on the planet. What did that do? You know, I just, I, so here's, here's an example. I just read an article in the New York times that, asserts and i i i believe this i it was it asserts two things one that i which i already knew which is like all of our plastic recycling programs mm-hmm. total bullshit. bullshit yeah it's literally bullshit it's literally like tie you might as well tie a green string around your right pinky finger to solve environmental catastrophe <laughs> that's that's what you're wow. doing because um so so like i guess there was a brief time 20 years ago where china's like hey you know what we'll take like i mm-hmm. don't know a couple of billion tons of plastic because we got this program to recycle it. And the Western world gave them three metric trillion tons of it. And they're like, no more, no more. So like, yeah, we literally carefully separate our plastics and then we put it in the landfill mm-hmm. and we all go through this insane glass and aluminum is the only thing that gets recycled, but we're still separating like paper and pla- like it's getting. So I already knew that. But the thing I didn't know is apparently there was a dedicated campaign amongst uh, big oil to use this as a like, hey, people started thinking about plastic and it's ending up in the ocean. It's not biodegradable. And holy fuck, we need to get o-. and plastic companies started being like, well, shit, our demand's going down. So they came up with like, we can recycle this shit, mm-hmm. even though it's never been true for the vast majority of plastics. It's just way cheaper and you get a better because you can only like recycle the, even the types of plastics you can like two or three times yeah. before they're so brittle. It's just unlike glass and aluminum shit like that. So they did that just so people could would continue to buy plastics and blithely not think about them going to landfills, even though they're going into landfills. And to shift the onus re- of responsibility onto the consumer instead of the individual of course, rather yeah. than the system. Can we right. get so my, my question is, can we get a Rick and Morty episode about that? About recycling? Because <laughs> no, yeah, uh, where we uh, all about, choose about to opt into a system that is that is a sham to begin with. And that spins out yeah. and, and does something with some alien cult. I don't know. Why not? Yeah, uh, I would like to see. But but yeah, that's the exact the kind of things we do where it's like, yeah, what do we? And, and so it took us 20 years to kind of instill. That's I think uh, people are like, huh, I didn't know that. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this for the first time. Great. I don't know what to do about it because there's <laughs> right. literally nothing we can do about it. But it's it's something we should know about. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure the writers throw away plastics with a guilty conscience. The writers are probably itching just itching to do that recycling episode right i'm sure mm-hmm. oh i'm sure well, so wait. there's there's an ep- next episode is called a rick convenient mort uh oh, okay an inconvenient truth which play, I, i've obviously. i've heard yeah it could be something about environmentalism uh and in, t- in today's so maybe they they hmm. will talk about the non-recyclable plastics recycling that we're doing right now but uh interesting yeah. If you just found out about the sham that is plastics recycling, please tell us about it at Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. Or if you have any other Rick and Morty reference that you would like to talk about or uh, an insight into the episode, a reference we missed, whatever. Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week to see if next week is the the raging polemic against the the myth, mythical uh, plastic recycling industry. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. Uh, But we'll be here Monday to talk about what happened on Sunday night. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you later. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. 
All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at patreon.com baldmove to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at baldmove. See you next time.